Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Welcome, everybody. Dr. Homebrew. We have a good show for you today, as usual, because it is the Cider Show. I love cider. Cider is my friend. And unfortunately, I don't have any of it to drink today uh, because I'm a bad friend. But uh, we have uh, Pavel here from Club Doze to help us uh, uh, judge this cider from Nate. We have Nate here as well. Uh, Pavel is a, a cider judge. Which is kind of cool. So, out the second uh, the second half of the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about the cider program, the exam, and and how to study for that, and kind of what all that entails. And and uh, we'll do that, uh, you know, after we make fun of Nate and his peach apple cider. <laughs> now we're not really going to make fun of anybody. If we're going to make fun of anybody, it's going to be Brian Shar, and that's really <laughs> just kind of facts. No cap. Yeah. Make fun of Brian Shar constantly. Agenda yeah. number one, two, and five. But before mm. we do all of that, Five Star Chemicals is your friend. Just like I'm a friend to cider, you should be a friend to Five Star Chemicals. They have the best cleaning and sanitizing equipment out there. Uh, PBW, five, uh, Star Stand. Actually, I used PBW, and this is sort of you know the shtick that we go through every time because I, I don't homebrew anymore, but I still buy PBW. I used it to clean my uh, <laughs> the inside of the oven glass. On my oven the other day. Oh wow! How'd Ma- that work? I worked really well. I made a paste, nice. put it on, let it sit, Ooh. and I took a dough scraper and like scraped off the the mung, and it was uh, it it looks really really good now. I'm actually really impressed nice. with myself. So uh, PBW man, don't ever count it out because it it, it 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 doesn't count you out. So you shouldn't. Not count just it for out. brewing anymore. Yeah. It really isn't. It really isn't. Uh, all right, Nate. Welcome, dude. Thanks, fellas. Happy holidays, and thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Happy yeah, for New sure. New Year. Yeah. Yeah. Seasons <laughs> greetings and all of that, all of that fun stuff. So you sent us a cider, peach apple cider. Now I'm going to guess that this is not your first cider. No, it's not my first cider. I do one or two a year, maybe. Okay. So this is the first time I've added peaches to one. Home, so. I because I feel like yeah, doing the blend is sort of an advanced move. You know, it's like uh, it's like buying your girlfriend a Kama Sutra. You're like, I'm ready to move to the next level. Um, this is the Kama Sutra of making ciders at home, I feel like. I won't elaborate on that. I'll, I'll leave that to you guys to elaborate on yeah. that comment. Yeah. It's I mean, an 80s power move is what it is. Yeah, it really is. Look, I just watched Scrooge the other day, so that scene kind of stuck yeah. with me. Um, anyway, so peach apple cider. And this is the first time you've added peaches to your cider. Um well, I guess we'll talk about how you did it after we go through the cider. Sounds good. I'm disappointed that I, I don't have it because, I, like I said, I really do love ciders. But uh, let's go Brian Cooper. Why don't you go ahead and start? And then the way we're going to do yeah. it is Cooper, Char, you guys will go. And then Pavel will jump in and uh, give his thoughts and sort of like, you know, we can work on maybe even some flavor vocabularies because I'm imagining they're similar but maybe different. I don't know. We'll do all that kind of fun stuff. So, uh, Cooper, go ahead and launch oh, us oh. into cider. Yeah. Into Club cider, He'll brother. straighten us out. Okay, so yeah, I, I judge this as a, it's a C2B uh, cider with other fruit, and um, we didn't have it on the label. I, I kind of judged it before I knew um, what it was to be, what it was going to be declared as. But uh, it's, it's declared as uh, petulant and with medium sweetness. So you can go from yeah, dry to semi-dry to semi-sweet to sweet, or, or this one should be medium. Uh, 
and you can, yeah, anywhere on the carbonation scale. Um, so, and you should, you know, I think as just an initial point on this, it, it would be nice uh, for anyone judging the cider to have that information. And I, I believe it's actually required <laughs> for uh, yeah. going to enter a competition. So, um, yeah, but um, otherwise, yeah, just peach as the declared fruit. Uh, had a nice light hiss when when I opened the bottle and uh, just a little touch, but uh, and the fill level was good and everything. Getting into the uh, uh, appearance, I so I like I, I get right into the nose and I start writing, uh, you know, because I'm used to judging beer. I start writing aroma comments in the appearance section because the, the uh. sheets all <laughs> screwed around. Uh, this messes me up. I don't know, uh, but it's fine. Um, so appearance-wise, it's 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 a yellowy light gold color. Uh, has some pinpoint bubbles rising through the body of the cider. Uh, brilliant clarity. Uh, there's no uh, no head to speak of. Not that a cider would usually have much of that, but uh, I'm just used to commenting on the head. So uh, uh, yeah, I've judged beer a lot more often than I judge cider. But it, it was fun to fun to judge this one. So. Yeah, uh, there's some larger bubbles rising occasionally through. Uh, it's definitely not still, so uh, petulance seems right here, and that's good. Um, Aroma-wise, it's a clean, medium-low peach aroma comes through first, and a faint apple behind that. Um, so in the nose, and, and I didn't know when I was sampling this what the declared uh, sweetness level was going to be, but it wasn't hinting at very much sweetness in the nose maybe a semi-sweet kind of uh, a hint of something in there, but uh, it seemed like it would be dryish to me. The, the peach character is really fresh and, and not artificial seeming. Um, the, the fermentation uh, notes are clean. Um, it is somewhat estuary, it's, but yeah, so it seems like well, well fermented. There's nothing bad sticking out here. Uh, Flavor-wise, um, what I noticed at the front is that it has a fairly bright Acidity, which plays off the otherwise pleasant uh, peach, and 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 there's definitely a little semi-sweet uh, or to to sweet kind of uh, sugariness in there that's, that's playing off the peach. It seemed almost a little. It made the peach that was like really natural and fresh smelling in the aroma come across as a little bit more candy-like. It wasn't. I wouldn't say it's not artificial. It's not going towards that direction, but um, it's coming across as kind of candy-like, which is actually kind of pretty pleasant <laughs> uh, than otherwise would be. But um, you know, the alcohol is clean. Seems moderate in here. That's not not really strong. Um, there's not much to speak of in the way of, of tannins here. Uh, pretty faint, uh, medium light bodied. Uh, I would say uh, it, it is it is barely it's it's petulant, but it's on the kind of low end of petulant here uh, for the the carbonation level. And to me, it finishes like not sweet, but not medium sweet necessarily. It seems kind of semi sweet to me, um, yeah, but still, you know. It gives you some hints of a uh, fruity sweetness in there with that peach, which is it's still nice, and it, it's a it's a pleasant drinking cider. The apple is maybe a little covered up by the peach and and, and the other things that are going on there, but it's very clean. Um, so it's overall, yeah, it's a clean and pleasant, easy drinking cider with no obvious faults at all. Uh, balance wise, I think it could improve, could improve from uh, slightly lower acidity in the flavor and perhaps a touch more uh, tannin or something to, or maybe a little more carbonation. Uh, so give it a little counterpoint and kind of accent the, you know, the, the fruit and the sweetness that is there and make it a little more 
natural and uh, uh, just make it more interesting to me, uh, some complexity. But um, you know, if, if the peach was like uh, what it is in the aroma to me, that's really pleasant in the aroma. If it was like that in the flavor, this would be, you know, mid to upper 40s. Uh, but yeah, this is a very clean and it's a nice job as it is. Uh, I, it's hard to, to get that fresh of a fruit flavor in there and have it play as nicely with the cider as it is. Um, I landed at a 39 on this cider and uh, yeah, it's a nice job. Just It seems a little bit drier than declared to me, but uh, that's okay. Uh, and yeah, with the, the fresh fruit that's there in the nose, it, that's a really good start to it. And uh, it, it delivered in the flavor as well in, in many ways. So thank you. Awesome. Excellent. All right, Brian Shar. Right, Nate, thanks for sharing this. Uh, I know you've been on the show before, but for people that may not have just listened to that past episode, are you in a homebrew club? I am, yep. I belong to the Rapid River Mash Masters here in central Wisconsin. Very nice. Um, and I thank you for sharing this with us. You know, I, Brian and I may be, you know, grandmaster beer <laughs> judges, but it's always kind of humbling for me anyway to, to try to judge mead or cider because I just don't have the, the background uh, or information so much about those beverages. Um, about 15 years ago, I was doing a county fair, which county shall remain nameless here in the Bay Area. Uh, and we had a lot of judges didn't show up. So I had to do like three flights and a mead that day. And I only had like four meads. And every score sheet I wrote, I was so wrong. The guy that I was judging with was a real mead judge. And this is a 45. This is an 18. And I, I literally each time I, I crumpled up my score sheet, threw it at the garbage, like, tell me what I'm, I should be tasting here. Uh, cider, I feel like I have a little more familiarity. But no, seriously, just the fact that you might be skilled in one beverage doesn't mean you know anything about other beverages. So that's, uh, uh, it, it's a little humbling to try to judge something you're not, not familiar with. Uh, I really like this a lot. Uh, I echo largely what Brian said. I'm not going to uh, uh, repeat too much of this. I will pat myself on the back because I got the medium sweetness and the the medium, the petillant carbonation on my own before Brian texted that to me. So oh, I, I feel good about uh, about about that anyway. Uh, you know, peach is kind of a medium high level. It's the largest aroma component, but it's not dominant. It doesn't overwhelm the apple, I don't believe. Uh, but it's definitely there, and it's really pleasant how it how it uh, melds with the apple. Uh, no off aromas. I gave it 7 out of 10 for aroma, 6 out of 6 for appearance. It's light gold. It's crystal clear. Uh, you know, that petillant carbonation, nothing to deduct from there. It's uh, 6 there. Flavor, uh, the medium sweetness, no off flavors. Uh, the peach and the apple are in kind of the same ratio as they were in the aroma. The peach is, there's more of it, but it's not dominant in the sense that it overwhelms the apple. Uh, I, I got kind of a low level of acidity, uh, no warming, low body, uh, 17 out of 24. Now, overall impression, I gave it a 7 for a total score of 37. Um, I don't know a lot about cider, but I know I like this. It's drinkable and it's tasty. There's no obvious off flavors to me. Uh, maybe a little more acidity, just as a matter of personal preference, might might be nice. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a great job, and I, I thank you for sharing. 
Okay, so I told him uh, uh, it was more highly acidic, and you say it's less acidic. Well, so now we need Pavel to. Uh, I said uh, I, I largely echo what you said. <laughs> yeah, no, please don't echo everything I said because I'm I'm talking out of my ass half the time. Mm, so. Nice. Well, I'm interested uh, to hear what Pavel Brian, says about it. Yep. Yeah. Ryan, what was the score? Uh, Thirty-nine. The Brian Char. Oh, other Brian. I, I, I gave it a thirty-seven. Okay. All right. So. Um, it's a cider. We're going to start with the appearance first. Uh, so to me, it was almost brilliant clear. Uh, like maybe like something was missing, but again, like it's not to reduce the, the points. So uh, just with observation, it's a petalant. Uh, the bubbles kind of forming big ones on the side and occasionally rising up. Small bubbles. Yeah, I just said that. Uh, yellow and uh, I called it yellow. So six out of six, no issues. There, wait, by the way, bouquet and aroma, uh, gentle apricot notes with hint of perfume. And like when I say perfume, it's not like a bad thing, by the way, it's just a natural uh, flavor, like or characteristics of apricot, which like sometimes comes like perfumey, uh, perf not perfumey at all. Okay, for the apricot, a uh, touch of the sulfites, I got like a slight touch of the sulfites, which is again, like not really a problem for a cider in general. Uh, the rule of thumb is like if you sense something and it's kind of adds the character because again like the guidelines for cider are like they're like this small like for for <laughs> beer like you, you go to some styles and they're huge and they cover everything yeah for ciders it's like the rule of thumb is like if you like it it's good if it adds the character it's good like except for a few noticeable off flavors uh just a bit on the end like that that's where it came uh then the show uh shows hints of bitterness like even in the aroma i could smell that it's like slightly bitter uh oh, sorry not bitter um, uh, butter uh, butterness like uh but more like a chardonnay way like again like, it's not a bad thing it's a good thing it's like uh showing characteristics of the white wine uh it adds up to the character no off flavors or anything that ever sticks out so the fruit wise was like apricot and the apple mostly apricots uh and i also could smell that it's like acidic so it's, i gave it eight out of ten uh flavor that's where it was more interesting i think uh i called it medium acidity with, with medium sweetness um it's all subjective that's because like that's that's why you guys kind of like different uh and it comes to your palate like some people that drink uh, lots of uh acidic uh, tart ciders they'll be like oh this is flat I need more acid in this one, and, and vice versa. People that prefer the like Angry Orchard, for example, uh, <laughs> they'll be like, I need more. Um, I, need, I need less acidity. It's like it's just killing my palate. Again, it's nothing wrong with that. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just the way it is. Um, medium body, uh, the fruit. That that's where it was interesting about the fruit itself. Uh, it didn't taste like apple and apricot separately. It was more like a, some kind of generic fruit was genetically engineered and there was a crossbreed between the apple and apricot and like that was the flavor of that fruit again not good not bad just the way it is okay uh, medium low like low talents on the back uh but they were kind of covered with the slipness and that's where i probably came from the apricot itself uh that's why like was showing more uh white wine characteristics medium low bitterness at the end like hints of the almond from the the like stone fruit show sometimes shows the the, the pity characteristics of the of the stone fruit itself. Uh, 
to me, it was very balanced. Carbonation seemed to be slightly higher than petalant on the flavor, like on the mouthfeel itself, because like I could uh, taste, like I feel the, the bubbles actually on the back of my tongue. But on the appearance, it was, I think it's because of the viscosity of the cider itself. Mm. Um, it, so it dries out at the end. So the sweet, that, it seems to be less sweet on the finish. And that's where like the bubbles actually are playing. Uh, uh, the vital role and uh, no significant off flavors. Overall impression, like I wrote like a bunch of words. So like in my opinion, like overall, um, I and I sent you my scorecard. I, and so, so the, for the flavor, I give 19 out of 24. Overall impression, eight out of 10. Uh, 12 scores, 41 for me. So overall impression, it's like very balanced and very drinkable. Um, for, before we start, I'm not a huge fan of the flavored ciders. I'm more into uh, traditional ciders, although I make occasionally like, flavored ciders for festivals and stuff like that. And I am not a huge fan of apricot itself as the fruit, as an adjunct, because it's like it's really um, hard to handle in certain things because like, it goes like over, overboard and over the balance and uh, sometimes over dominates most of the drinks, like, whether it's a beer or a mead or a cider. So what I thought that you could actually could improve, uh, maybe using some, and it was mentioned before, attendance would help a lot. And uh, probably in this case, adding like a French toasted uh, oaks, medium toast oak, hmm. oak cubes would bring you more, uh, even like a, some toasty characteristics, not just uh, the tannins itself from the from the oak, but also extra characteristics in general. Maybe increasing amount of apple character, but without actually adding extra juice. So I mean by that, like using uh, different apples. I'm not sure how what what you did actually. Like I, I mean, I'll give you my uh, opinion at the end. But adding like extra apples, like with specific uh, apple characteristics, like Macintosh would to uh would, would help like whether it's like actual apples or apple juice or uh buying apple concentrate online you can you can find it actually so, uh if you press your own apples you can consider uh macerating them for overnight uh the pulps to release more extra character uh into the into the juice when you choose it the next day uh overall it felt like it was Probably made again. I don't know. Uh, made by um, with a grocery store juice and uh, potentially uh, with the apricot uh, slurry or the, the pop. Would use actual apricots. Yeah, I use whole, whole peaches in a, in a primary and secondary, and then a little bit of um, like a peach puree at the, at the finish to back sweeten a little bit. Okay. Yeah, peach, peach and apricot are essentially the same flavor. Oh, aroma. peach. My oh my bad. So my bad. Yeah. yeah, peach. That's all right. No, but all it's right. it's yeah. it's pretty much the same thing. But uh, you you can call it yeah. one almost. They're interchangeable. Yeah. I think yeah. we so, put so them in something. That that was that was embarrassing. I actually did not read this whole thing up for some reason. Like it kind of sticked my mind. Yeah, peach. Okay. Yeah. So uh, probably the big ones, like you know, the juicy ones, like with that. That's where all this uh, not oiliness, but uh, the slickness comes comes from. And uh, Based on that, it would be hard to balance out the the apple character, but you can add the like like let's say by uh, I don't know uh, 
16 ounces of uh, Macintosh uh, apple juice concentrate and add that uh, during the, uh, before the fermentation to uh, bring more apple characteristics, like a Macintosh I like, characteristic. Yeah, I like that idea for this cider too. Like giving a little more apple complexity is going to help that shine through because the, the peach was definitely covering it up a little bit, but still super pleasant. Yeah, based on that, it's 41 points, but uh, you can easily raise it up to like 45. Yeah. So that's uh, my opinion on this cider. and still drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. pretty good, Brian, that we got not far away from Pavel. Not, yeah. I, I didn't know anything about cider other than that I liked it, and I didn't. I, I got within seven of Pavel. So. I just looked for balance, and it to, yeah, it was very nicely balanced. Yeah. It could use a little fine tuning, but uh, very clean and, yeah. and and very nice. I'd love to hear how you how you made this, and uh, what you might have you know if you've done it before with this same fruit, what you might have done differently, or where you where you'd like to take it the next time. <laughs> sure, yeah, I, I can run through my recipe real quick if that makes sense at this point. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Pablo kind of hit it right on the head there. So it, again, I use store-bought juice here. And what I try to do is do some different blends. So I try to grab a different kinds of variety just to, you know, so it's not all sweet or not all like on the honey crisp, but there's different flavors and try to get some of those sour apples in there to give it a little more complexity. But what I'm finding is like every year, it seems it's harder to find like bottled cider, even if it's like from a local orchard that's not pasture or pasture is fine, but it's not stabilized. Everything's got that stabilizer in there and it's, you know, almost impossible then to really, you know, ferment that out. So I just try to find some store-bought juices and, and I try to do two or three just to, again, to blend that. So it's not all overly sweet and try to get some tartness in there. Um, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll even cut up some more sour type apples and throw those in there. And I didn't on this batch. And it sounds like maybe that, you know, that, that could have helped me out a little bit more by finding some sour or some different type of apples to, to throw into a primary or a secondary to kind of amp up that flavor a little bit. But, um, for this one, what I basically did is got four gallons of the great big one gallon jugs from my local, um, um, grocery store here. It's basically a Kroger brand. So I did that. And then I had a couple of, um, smaller, um, type of, of juices, the little more cloudy ones, so like the store ball ones are usually crystal clear. They're pretty clear. And then I try to find something that's got a little more characteristic where it's more like, uh, we would say like a fresh pressed cider type where it's cloudy and it's not clear. Yeah. Um, so I added that to it. Yeah. And then I, in the primary, I added four and a half pounds of, of peaches. So at the time it was midsummer when I was doing this one, um, you know, in July, so peaches wow. were on sale. So I grabbed a bunch of peaches. I threw that in the primary went to the store again, did that in the secondary, threw a couple pounds in the secondary, just try to amp up that flavor. But it just seems like you lose a lot of fruit, you know, through fermentation, right? Like, you know, ciders, they don't always taste like apples, right? When they get fermented, all kind of like wines don't always taste like grapes, right? It just gives it a different flavor. So, to, so when I always, so I kind of treat this almost like a wine. So I, I use some um, potassium metabosulfite and some sorbate to basically, you know, kill the yeast or make them inactive. And then, then bring back a little bit of apple characteristic with some concentrated apple juice. And I actually found some, some peach juice, um, some peach apple juice that I added with this just to try to amp up, up that flavor. So, you know, maybe that's where that, you said like kind of like Good a better flavor came from it. It's probably that, that store-bought juice. I think you can nail that, you know, I just on that back sweetening just to bring that, bring that peach flavor through. Um, and again, this is something I, I try to make because I should have something sweet on tap. I usually have three, three, 
kegs on tap and have something hoppy, something red, and something a little more on the sweeter side. So that, that's kind of what I do. And I try to mix it up. So sometimes I just do a straight cider and sometimes, a lot of times I'll throw the fruit in there. Um, and, you know, the last couple of times I've been out with you guys and I've done like a fruit beer, I, I talk about that Amaretti and, and that's what I did on here. I had the Amaretti, the fruit puree. So I did a little bit of that. Um, after I knocked those yeast out, so I had a little bit of apple concentrate, a little bit of peach of the uh, Amaretti peach and then some of that juice blend just again try to bring those flavors back out on the on the back end there so it it, it brings those apples and those peaches back where you lose some of that through fermentation sometimes so well i think it's a little uh, annoying yeah. that you that you have a 40 score beer or 40 score cider off of like store-bought juice mm-hmm. yeah so i i That's, think i think yeah. it's a little annoying what uh, may I ask? What you uh, what it started at gravity wise? What it finished at, and then what you sweetened it up to in the end? Yeah, and I was kind of surprised you guys didn't pick up any alcohol, and I, I don't either. But it's it's a seven point two, so it ferments pretty clean. Wow. So it starts off at ten fifty five, ten fifty six, and it fermented out to just about one, or maybe just a hair under. So I got a seven point two, and then I had a little bit of of like that. And I didn't, I didn't measure, I should have measured the, the final, but you know, when it goes in a keg, I typically don't measure it after the fermentation. But what I found is what I typically add brings it up to about a 1.004. And that would, that would bring that on the, on the lower side of that medium, as far as like how ciders are typically rated. So that's kind of why I rated on the medium side. Um, so I think yeah. it, it typically be around there from my past notes when I had typical volumes to a five gallon batch that's typically what it, what it brings it up to so my guess is it probably finished around an 04 or maybe an 05 06 somewhere in that range cool i guess higher it's like like 10 10 probably like close to oh, 10 10 hmm. yeah uh, and that's uh i'm already actually that's what uh, uh brian uh, cooper picked up as the candy like uh characteristics so yeah, I was wondering if it was that amaretti yeah. or maybe that, that apple concentrate because I basically just take a frozen apple, again, just a cheap, like yeah. a cheap store-bought frozen concentrate from an, an apple just to get, bring that apple characteristic. And that's kind of what I had highlighted that too, that that, that candy like maybe was from that apple concentrate or maybe the, the amaretti, one of, one of those two. So. God, I hate that. I don't like <laughs> – it bothers me. I don't know why yeah. because I think like you know making cider is like this – romantic thing of you know you getting the apple press and you're getting all the apples and you're discarding the ones that are blemished or whatever but you just go into the store and going yeah i don't know i mean i guess i'll try this shit and then you know here you go i'm not pressing five gallons of juice man i'm sorry i don't have that i don't have that kind of time on my hands anymore <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta suck. you gotta back sweeten and do stuff like that and yeah it's just part of the process is my understanding yeah, yeah. Well, I liked Pavel's description of the, the the fruit too. That was kind of fun because you know it yeah. does it does it, it kind of it's more peach like than apple like, but it's almost like yeah, it's like peach apple pie as if there was a, a fruit called peach apple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah genetically engineered fruit that tastes the same, which I think <laughs> goes to the 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 at least the the the, the blending that you did, Nate, to really yeah, sort of dial it all in. It doesn't not, not, there's nothing sticky outy anywhere. Sure, and, and the base is primarily all that apple juice, right? With a couple pounds of of the the raw um, peaches there, and I'm sure there's some exchange between that that apple juice and the peaches through its fermenting. But I like quartered them, and maybe you know, I think I took the pits out and quartered them for the most part, and just threw them in the fermenter. And same thing, the secondary again, just try to bump up that peach flavor and just threw them in there. And then I had a little bit of pectin 
thick enzyme in there too. I think yeah. though that uh, what he, what he does is he pays a lot of attention to the the balance, and it's not necessarily, um, you know, the traditional way of doing it. But if you can get to to point B from point A with using what you have at your disposal and make it a little easier. Hey, that you know that works. I hope you, he'll tweak this one and enter it in some competitions because it's it's pretty good. Yeah, or he could try it's to do the whole press and and make it mm. so crazy. So it's it's not it's not easy actually to enter competitions right now because there are not that many happening. Yeah. But there is one coming up in Wisconsin actually. Oh, nice. Uh, the midwinter brew. Hmm. Yeah, midwinter homebrew competition in Wisconsin. Uh, that is like a big one, a huge one. Is like they have usually about seven hundred entries. Um, and they said that they, it's going to happen this year. Wow. So well, Nate, Nate really needs to get his cider into that because he's in Wisconsin. I think he'd do well with this. Sounds like it. Yes. Yeah. I, I, that's why I'm trying to bring this up because I, yeah. I want to see that competing there. And uh, they have a strong competition for meads and ciders overall. Uh, oh, nice. Historically. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how this one performs in the competition. Yeah. Well, we'll have to um, get that information yeah. to him. Uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Since we lost Nate, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back. We'll talk yep. more ciders and cider judging uh, with Pavel and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. So hang on a second. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. Hey, thanks for hanging around, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew, and we are back here with Pavel from Club Doze, but also, uh, more importantly, maybe, I don't know, uh, he's a cider judge. So we're going to chat with Pavel here about cider judging, um, all that kind of fun stuff, because it's you know not necessarily what we talk about a whole lot on the show. Uh, although I would like to, I would like to start opening up to, to a little bit more. We were saying that on the last show, give me a wine. I don't care. Let's just try it. Let's yeah. Try like whatever if we got want. more ciders and yeah. meads, uh, they're fun to judge and it, it, it pushes me to, to, you know, expand my, uh, boundaries as far as a judge, you know, and, uh, you know, someday I, I do want to take the, the mead exam at least, which I know Pavel has also, uh, uh, passed. And so he's got the, the trifecta, <laughs> which is cool. <laughs> there you go. Pavel, yeah. thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate it. How did you, uh, what's your, what's your background in cider? Why did you want to start becoming a cider? Cause I love cider, but I don't think I could sit and judge it. Um, well, it's pretty obvious. Uh, I started brewing about seven years ago and I started with the extract and then uh, somebody said that, well, we can make something much easier just with the cider, like take the juice, put the yeast in and that, that's it. So that was my first step, like just to get into cider. Uh, and then I started to tra- taste more ciders after that. Well, first of all, I, I, I kind of liked what happened with my cider. So it was pretty good. And after that, I was just uh, going through different stores in the Bay Area and just picking different bottles of different ciders and uh, not sticking to like same stuff all the time, like you know, the common cider. Uh, some wine stores in the Bay Area actually 
to have really good selections of uh, French ciders, English ciders. You just you have to know where to look them for, for them. So if you go to Safeway, uh, it will be the same uh, common selection of ciders, right? Um, if you go to K&L wines or um, Bay Grapes wines, for example, they had like an aisle of really cool stuff, like even like for ciders from Chile. Uh, there's like one store in, in San Francisco had a cider from Georgia, the country. Jeez, really? Like, yeah. Yes. So that was wow. like, I'm like, whoa. So again, like you have to look for uh, stuff. And uh, what happens actually is that most of the wine uh, distributors, they also try. Uh, they have a, a book for ciders like from France, from Spain. And when they uh, sell the wine to a store, they also try to stick in a few boxes of ciders, like and really good ones actually. So that was my routine. Like once, like every two months or three months, I would just drive around the Bay Area to the stores <laughs> that uh, I thought were like on, on my good list. Nice. And that's why I just tried every single one. And uh, when you try five ciders in a row, you kind of start developing your personal uh, taste, your personal uh, opinion of certain things. And uh, with time, actually, I got settled mostly on uh, uh, French, English, Spanish, and uh, heritage ciders. Oh, and the uh, ice ciders as well. So those are like a four, five different varieties that uh, I kind of prefer. Um, that was that was pretty much it. Like I just drinking lots of ciders and trying to figure out, hey, actually this is good, this is bad. That's like like people try cider, like oh I don't like it because it's just fizzy drink and like it's sweet and like not not like hoppy beer. Like I'd, I'd rather drink hoppy beer. But then you try like uh, try a uh, smoky like the smoky like phenolic uh, English cider, like the bitter and like a uh, scrumpy and like kind of like a uh, tears your tongue apart. And you're like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. <laughs> That's actually like uh, yeah, much different from what I used to drink. And then you start to realize that you know different apple varieties, like same thing, like playing like hops and uh, like you know you have a Kingston Black, uh, you have a Young Tamil, and then they start blending. And like that's where like, like why this one is too acidic and this one is too bitter. And again, it all comes to like if you drink ten ciders in a row, you will get some understanding of which ones you like and which one you don't. How does cider no, travel, pretty, do you yeah. think? Because like, I, I would be very uh, scared of trying a Georgian cider. Just because I, I would look at it and go, wow, that came from a long, long way away. I, it, can't, it can't hold up good. Actually, it does. Yeah? Most of the ciders that I, I, uh, I age my ciders, uh, like I have boxes that like two years old and I still open the bottles at like three years old, four years old. Oh, wow. Uh, I just re I recently had a cider from France, from Etienne, uh, Etienne Dupont. Uh, that was 2012. Jeez. So uh, vintage. And uh, it was just, you know, it, I mean, it was obviously aged, but sure. it was not bad. Like, and uh, if, if cider is stabilized, uh, it can be like uh, stabilized naturally or forcefully. Mm -hmm. it, it will just stay perfectly. Yeah. And wow. if they're bottle conditioned, you're not going to have uh, oxidation problems. Uh, you know, I suppose with the mass produced ciders, you're not going to want to sit on on those where they mm -hmm. take all the yeast out and pasteurize it and you know i mean they they limit the oxygen of course but it's it's gonna probably go downhill faster than something like a really nice cider that's uh, you know in a 750 or a, a, a nice thick 375 mil bottle and most of the french ciders are that way so it's mm -hmm. not a problem at all okay all right. Well, what about cider judging? How did you get started? Uh, well, I guess, I guess you, your love of cider sort of transitioned into mm -hmm. figuring out, uh, you know, how to how to be a cider judge. 
So you compete a lot, at, like, uh, and when you start winning lots of battles, you kind of develop this ego about that I, uh, I can do everything and I know everything <laughs> about fighters. And then mm. you enter to a next ne ne next competition and you get like a bad scorecard. You're like, come on, seriously. <laughs> so uh, I got into cider judging the same time when I got into beer judging. Just the program uh, for ciders was opened like what last year. Yeah. But ciders existed, so somebody had to judge them. And uh, when I became a beer judge, actually, like it was interesting because four months before that, I became a meat judge. Just because, just the way the exams were scheduled, so they tried to stick the meat judges to ciders as well to cover on ciders. And uh, by that time, I already had like a few medals on the state level. I had like a couple medals on the green cap, and they're like, "Oh, Pavel, you'll you'll be perfect for ciders. Yeah. Like, we won't put you for ciders." I'm like, "Okay." You know what you're doing. On uh, some competitions, I couldn't judge. Yeah, I, some competitions I could not judge them because uh, I had one entry in each category, uh, and that's kind of a bummer. There's only two categories, by the way, insiders. <laughs> so <laughs> that kind of sucks. Yeah. Sort of entered yourself out. So, yeah, that, it was more like a by, by habit. And, but I was also kind of flattered that, like, uh, once in a while I would be called to um, break a tie. And um, mm. again, like, when you drink lots of ciders, you start to see that, you know, like, some things, like, uh, not bad. Like, and people, like, I don't like it. Like, well, I don't care that you don't like it. It's, it, it, you know, the hop flavor. People like it. people don't like diesel characteristics mm -hmm. in IPAs. Well, sorry, <laughs> it's a hops, and uh, there are lots of people that find it to be really appealing. So, mm. same thing. Like, oh, it's uh, too acidic, or it's too bitter. And then there, there's like um, issue that there is the, the there are types of ciders that do not fit into the any categories. Like, and they kind of like between the traditional and the English cider, and lots of times it's getting misjudged by judges and uh, that's where i was like come on the guys you know let, let's talk about that i would like talk to people all the time and uh so at some point i became very vocal about ciders and uh, that's where i was trusted more with that because i had my opinion i was not afraid to express it <laughs> i can tell <laughs> so were you uh how was the the cider exam i mean if it only launched what you said last year or whatever how's that yeah were you, were you in one of the very first groups of or the first group yes and no uh so the first groups as you guys remember started in 2014 i think and the first trial exam mm -hmm. ran in uh, uh grand rapids uh at nhc the second one was the next year in san diego and uh the last one actually was ran at uh, Baltimore, so and then like mm -hmm. that's where the BGCP decided to take a step back and evaluate uh, those exams. And I was like, and I came to an NHC like hoping to take the exam, and they're like, we're going to take a step back and re rethink this whole program. So again, at that point, I became very vocal at the BGCP level about ciders, and uh, I was actually invited for a trial uh, online exam. Oh, nice! So I was one of the first people to yeah to take it. Uh, I, again, did not have opinion on the trial exam because I just, like, when I got a link, I took it right away and I passed it. And I'm like, well, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> so the, the last, I'm like, okay, did not even study for that. Uh, so I'm not even sure how to study for the side exam because, in my opinion, it was like I just 
trying lots of different apples, like uh, driving around uh, Northern California to different orchards, buying like up to like a thousand pounds of apples once in a while. Jesus. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you're just randomly buying a thousand pounds of apples? Yes. Uh, so you, you you are the man. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, it happened a couple of times. And uh, the guys that I was with, they were really unhappy with that. Like, well, let's, we're going to press like 500, 500 uh, pounds. And I'm like, dude, they have a fucking awesome deal. Okay, can, I, can I swear? Can I use Yeah, yeah, sure, here? man. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, like they they actually having a nice deal on the apples, uh, and uh, it's a really unique varieties. So I could not pass by the English varieties, like because uh, you will never you will not find them anywhere in the Bay Area besides this place, and also a bunch of interesting crab apples. It's like uh, if you guys like decide to drive to um, uh, Washington and uh, buy like some kind of unique hop, I don't know, um, I don't know Azaka or something, and like mm -hmm. you get the fresh ones and. Uh, yeah. And you are the first one in the Bay Area to have, the, and I know a couple of brewers did that, and you guys probably know that too. And like they were the first ones to get that hop that year, and then the the fire started, so the rest of the crops were just damaged. So okay, like, and right. now you like, uh, who's laughing now? Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, the same thing. We got uh, lots of apples at the two years ago, and uh, people were like, not really happy. But again, like we did the whole club uh, cider pressing. And everybody got like five gallons. So, so you're pretty cool. dedicated, uh, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. So I want to go. I want to go back a little bit, even as I'm. I'm mm -hmm. just was blew my mind that you're just randomly buying a thousand pounds of apples, and that's just pretty it awesome. Wasn't like, well, it, it wasn't like random, random. Well, I, don't, like I don't. I don't mean to... random. I mean when yeah. you have an opportunity to get something unique and cool. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't buy. To, yeah. But I want to go back a little bit. Uh, it sounds like the cider exam has the same type of thing like the BJCP beer exam where there's like an online component to start. Is, is that yes. correct? Am I understanding that yes. right? Okay. Mm, yes. So I could pretty much just go to the BJCP site, pay my five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever, and then just take the online exam. And uh, then you get like, just like with the beer side, you get like a some sort of status from that, and then you have to go do some other things. Right, it's, it's pass so, fail, right? And you get a provisional. Yeah, it, it, provisional, yeah. Also, you 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 yeah you you pass the online exam first, and then you have to pass the testing exam, and that's where it gets actually tricky. Yeah. Okay. You need to find the exam actually somewhere. Um, I was I hosted one exam last year, uh, last January. And we got like seven people, I think, or eight people going through the program and passing the exam. And then I was supposed to have another exam this December, on um, December 20th, uh, 21st, I think, uh, whatever the weekend is. And uh, unfortunately, due to the COVID-19, I had to cancel the exam. That would kind of sucked because like, if we would still do the exam, it has to be outside and actually... And I was not sure if I can get actually six people to sign up because I only had two people at that point signed up and it's not going to be raining. So unfortunately, well, fortunately it's rained and I canceled in advance, but it was kind of like hard for me to do that, but I kind of had to. So from my understanding, the next exam uh, will be, so I talked to David Tackham and uh, you guys probably know him. He's the, the 
highest ranking BGCP judge in the, on the entire West Coast. So, oh, I didn't know that. Tekum uh, is such a nice guy. He's so so great. He's great. I think yeah. I think he just made Grandmaster Seven or something. He's, he's wow. out there. Slow him yeah. down, man. So he 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 was six. He's number seven now, uh, and that's uh, James yeah. Seven. So nice. he yeah. will he will be taking over the cider exam because uh, historically he he would run the beer exams and the meat exams. Uh, I spoke with him last uh, last year. I mean, no, this year, still still this year. <laughs> uh, and he he wants to take over the cider exam. Uh, I'm okay with that, but he wants to give up the mid exam, so our club would take over the mid exam. And again, like I'm cool with that as well. So whenever he can schedule his uh, cider exam, that will be the next one. So it's either going to be, I'm not sure if he was able to do it for this year, but he usually does those special exams in March. Mm. So either 2022, okay. uh, yeah. So that's cool. But but again, like I'm not, I'm not expecting any like many competitions in in the, in the meantime. Anyway, I'm not a yeah. pessimist. I'm yeah. just a realist. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, and that's very clear too. When you're talking about like, oh, this flavor oh. is here, and it's not good or bad. It just it exists, and, <laughs> and this is the thing. And that and that's what I think a lot of of, of judging needs to be. You know, I think uh, sometimes judges myself uh, specifically put way too much weight on a certain thing and go, oh, well, this must mean a thing or whatever. It's like. Nope, this flavor just is here, and you can you can it doesn't it doesn't mean this is good or doesn't mean this is bad. It just it is it is here, and is it too style or not? And that's yeah, that sort of like um, I don't know, focal thinking and judging is 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 sort of what it's all about. And we've all gotten bad judging sheets back, you know, from competitions where it's like, well, there's too much emotional weight on whether or not this is too roasty. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I don't care, is it to style or not? That's all I want to know. It's too roasty, yeah. JP. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, they are. Uh, but yeah, definitely the point that the cider judging exams are fewer and farther between. You do have to kind of plan to become a cider judge and do it. Uh, I see yeah. there's there's four on the schedule now. There's one in Chicago. Um, there's one coming up in in Israel, and then um, oh, nice. let's, let's go to that one. And yeah, yeah, and and David Techum does have one scheduled for for June of next year in Sacramento. So for mm-hmm. those on the West Coast, you may have to travel to take a cider exam if you're interested in it. Uh, but yeah, this is your chance to do it if you're on the West Coast or nearby here. Uh, hopefully, we can. States nearby. To hopefully, do that. that can happen. Jeez, yeah. I um, almost went. I almost, I almost went to Israel to a proctor exam. Oh, geez, nice! Wow, yeah, yeah. that'd yeah. be super cool. They were, they were uh, considering to bring uh, to bring some folks from the United States to proctor, and they were paying some expenses. I was like, that was supposed to be. Uh, I think in September, mm. but they moved it. Um, yeah, and uh, there were talks about like me going there. And thank you, COVID, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> hopefully you can go uh, when everything opens up, man. Yeah. That'd be yeah. a that's a hell of a trip. Yeah. That's cool. It'll it's, happen again. Yeah, it's cool, yeah. man. That yeah. like yeah. Uh, this whole little beer world lets us, you know, sort of do weird but shit. I'm I'm, I'm I'm happy that I'm uh, translating exams from uh, foreign languages. I'm still working, uh, help helping BGCP in other ways. Uh, Still getting my points towards the GM uh, endorsement. Nice. Uh, like, um, so that's cool. Yeah, um, the, 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 I kind of, it was kind of interesting that you guys uh, caught my comment on that. Uh, some flavor was there, like uh, like let's say uh, Chardonnay buttery characteristics, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, Mike Wilcox published a really remarkable study guide for the for the exam actually for the online exam mm-hmm. 
that actually covers every single uh, off flavor. And um, again, like the rule of thumb, if it's kind of complimenting, because every single thing that appears in a cider, um, it's like it's either by um, like, I mean, it's, it's a fermentation and, and, and the fruit itself. You almost have no control over that unless if you like just stick to the same blend of uh, yeast and uh, like low temperature. But overall, uh, traditionally, the way it's done, like it may have lots of things. And it's like if it's a part of the character, if it actually makes it more interesting and actually you want it to be more interesting, like, mm-hmm. right? It's like I, I don't want to try the same site all the time. So and again, like, if it's an apple, I don't want it to be apple. Apple is a, like, I mean, fermented apple is, a, is still apple. Like comparing to the wine, white wine, you you, you try uh, um, Pinot Grigio, for example, and it's like lots of different flavors. So yeah. You get like some type of a um, gooseberries, maybe like some peach and apricot, like hints of uh, kiwi. But overall, it's like crisp, tart, and does not taste like grapes at all. Like so, when it comes to like ciders, that that's where like one of the reasons why I became like so passionate about it because like the judges would be asking for more apple character, and I'm like, if you re- if you ferment out the all sugar from the cider, you get like mostly the malic acid, and the malic acid is actually the apple. Uh, the malic, the, the word malic, mm-hmm. malice, uh, it actually in Latin means apple. So that's your apple character. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not know that. So, like, when I when we started to judge the the, the cider, um, that was why I think like if I would not get the apple character, but I would still be coming more acidic, with the emphasis on the malic acid, that would be still enough for me to pass it as the apple cider with other fruit. Yeah. So the guidelines state that would be the same beverage if you remove the apple juice and use like water or just apricots or uh, peach juice. So definitely an amount of malic acid like, tells you that no, it would not be the same. <laughs> so right. that was like, that was, that was a thing that uh, kind of like uh, forced me to go like really hard in the, in the judging program for ciders mm-hmm. and uh, try to be the advocate for just like you have just for cider in general. So. Yeah, just make it better. You just got to adjust yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I dig that. That's cool. Uh, I think we need to take another break, Cooper, right? Yeah, I Producer think we Cooper? have to. It's yeah. union rules. That's true. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, everybody. We'll be right back. This is uh, Dr. Homebrew, I think. I don't even know anymore. Hold on. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. 
The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. Dr. Homebrew, we're winding up the cider show. We're sitting chatting uh, ciders with Pavel. And Pavel, I wanted to ask you real fast, what what's the number? Give me two pieces of feedback or, or, or suggestions to people who want to make cider at home. How can they make the, – what are the two most important things to focus on when you're making cider at home? Um, desire. <laughs> All right. Yep. Um. So you want to make cider. So you make cider for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably what would be the other thing? I mean, you, you try it once and you're like, I didn't like it. Uh, it was a, it was bad. I would never make a cider again. Like, well, try it again. Uh, and try to make something that uh, you would be recreating something. I mean, obviously, if you live in an area where you cannot get the fresh juice, well, we consider that because you always can find a way to get the juice. Like if you're a club, uh, if you're a member of a club, try to find like another five guys in your club and uh, go to orchards. Yeah. And if you don't get apples, like if, if you don't have a means to press a thousand pounds of apples, uh, try to uh, strike a deal with the orchard and get the juice from them. Uh, they will always uh, go and cooperate with you. So like if you want unpressurized juice, they'll be like, sure, we'll do that for you. And, uh, for example, our club did this this year. We went to or, uh, Orchard, and uh, we got we had a, a, a choice between the pasteurized and unpasteurized, and uh, so we got both, actually. And, like, mm. we picked the apples ourselves right there on the Orchard, and then... Wow. Like, yeah. So oh, that's cool. You, you, want, you, you want to make it. Like, that, that's a, probably the biggest thing. Like, you want to make it, and... Uh, uh, Google is your friend for the rest of it. Uh, that's almost. <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah. yeah. Not to lead you in a direction, but one of the other things that you were commenting on uh, for for Nathan Cider was just the blending, and that's such an important mm-hmm. part of it. And you know, there's from you know Macintosh to to Mutsu to you know just different varieties of apples. The the apples that you eat are not necessarily the best the best apples for making ciders, right. and uh, you want to get some elements of something more more complex with some something smooth and drinkable to 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 get something that's going to have enough character to give a good score right i mean yeah um and again like if you live like somewhere uh the that does not have any apples like it should not be excuse actually 
there is always a way to find yeah. uh, they, they, they grow apples. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be the same. Maybe terroir would be different. Like, for example, uh, Coif in San Diego does the cider press once a year as well. And the thing is that for them, they get a, a high acid, high sugar content on the apples. So when they press and they ferment, it turns out to be like 10 and 11 percent alcohol, which is really high. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Too much for me, man. But for, for me, actually, I find it to be interesting. It's a, it's a regional characteristics of a cider. Why not? Like, uh, if you declare it that way, and uh, I'll be looking forward. So for me, as a, as a judge, actually, it will actually raise the points. Like, like I'll be judging accordingly. So like if somebody submits the highly alcoholic cider, okay, it's bad. But they're like, well, it's from a southern region. Uh, that's what all we, all we have. I'm like, well, okay, that's that's your original style. Hmm. You have to, you yeah. need to like educate yourself and uh, it, it, try. Like if you find yeah. a cider that you like, make it. If you don't like ciders, then well, don't make it's it. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sounds good to me. It's been it's yeah. It's been really fun um, talking to you about with about uh, Nate's cider and uh, you know in the past we've, you've brought bottles down from Canada when we were uh, uh, in Rhode Island uh, tasting you know just a big bottle share and tasting around and sitting around and talking about you know beer cider or mead with people who are as knowledgeable as you are about them uh, is is a really fun thing. So thank you yeah. again for sharing your knowledge with us. Yeah, and, thanks for joining us, Pavel. Appreciate it. And thanks to yeah, Nate. Thanks a lot, Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks to Nate for yeah. sending us your last six bottles of uh, cider, man. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. this has been Dr. Homebrew, everybody. We're going to get out of here. If you want to be on the show, you email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. And uh, again, we're taking beer, we're taking cider, we're taking mead, we're taking braggot, we'll take a gruet. I don't even want to take a wine. I don't care. I think it'll be fun. And uh, as long as you understand that uh, we're not wine judges, and we're going to stumble <laughs> along with you, but I think that'll be, uh, you know, that'll be also pretty fun too. So, anyway, email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. We're looking for uh, we're looking for people. So, uh, until, looking for a yeah. few good packaged beverages and there some bad go. ones too. There you go. Um, <laughs> all right, Happy New Year, everybody. Stay safe, protect yourself, protect each other, and uh, you know we'll get through 2021 uh, just fine. All right, see you later, everybody. Thanks. 2020 Cheers. out.